Motherhood Incorporated proudly presents Military Mom Talk Radio live on toginet.com. Co-hosted by Robin Boyd and Sandra Beck, the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. Military Mom Talk Radio is here with a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. Military Mom Talk Radio encourages you to share your experiences of being a military wife and mother. This show is dedicated to educating your family about the many resources that are available in both the public and private sector and we'll be sharing helpful information from women all over the world we'll cover everything military from helping a family member cope with post-traumatic stress disorder to navigating government programs dealing with family issues to the struggles of deployment along with being a working mother both in and out of the home this is military mom talk radio and here are your hosts sandra beck and robin boyd Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and happy official. I think everybody around the country is back to school finally. Yay, yay. Well, a lot of moms are saying yay. I don't know if a lot of kids are saying yay. <laughs> no, I don't know about you, but I'm I'm excited. I, I love knowing that my kids are safe and happy in school, and I can just focus on what I need to do. I mean, my house is cleaner this week than it's been in three months. Oh, I have some moms around here who are just kind of sad that it started because they uh, have to get back into that that structured routine, and that's off, often kind of hard. Got to start getting up earlier and get to bed earlier, but uh, somehow the structure really is better. I think it's more conducive for everyone. Just better work, you get more things done, you get, uh, I, I guess it really, we do need that structure. We do. Oh, I do. I'm a structured person and I do really well. You know, if somebody says walk here, do this, stop here, you know, I'm a good foot soldier. I will follow directions, instructions to the T. When you give me an open schedule, nothing gets done. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I guess I'm a comp compartmentalized person. If I've got a day that I know is going to be a, a, a day that's targeted for such and such that's what I do all day long um, when the kids were little it was it was harder because you had to kind of go with the flow when you have kids it, you don't you don't have total control over what your day is so you're right as long as they've got a schedule then uh, you you fit their schedule into yours that's right that's right and uh, you know the less I have to do the less I get done mm, I think that's true I think that's very, very true. Somehow we all, I, I guess women are good at that. And I hate to be sort of, you know, uh, defining sexes that way. But I think women do do better at that than, than guys t traditionally do. I, yeah, I don't know. I haven't lived with somebody in so long. I forgot. You know, <laughs> my kids are unorganized, but they're little. My dad is hyper-organized, but he was Navy, so that explains yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I just don't have a, I don't have a handle on that. Maybe if I marry somebody or move in with somebody, I can comment <laughs> instead of my usual bitter single mother comments. <laughs> uh, what about, uh, do you have extracurricular stuff already on the horizon? We do, we do. We have soccer uh, starting, and there's a big jump, i got to tell you, between the elementary school age and the middle school soccer. I was just taken aback because, I don't. first of all, I don't know the rules of soccer, even though I played it in high school. I don't remember them. And these referees were, like, whistling all these plays down. I had no idea what was going on. You know, when they're little, they just cluster around the ball and kick, and you go, yay, when it scores. <laughs> But now there's like throw-ins and corner kicks and goalie kicks and I don't know, you know, high kicks by the, you know, whatever. I don't know. I was so confused. Oh, yeah. We do have a big jump out here, too, because ours, ours is all into traveling teams. And I, I don't know what it's like out there for you. But once you graduate from the local team to the gra the traveling team, then that's a total. I mean, you don't plan weddings during sports season because <laughs> your family is going to have to wait until the sports season is over because our sports season just dictates everybody. You, you, know, you can't go in and blow your nose if it's not in the sports schedule. It's pretty bad. But, it's pretty uh, bad. 
Yeah, it is. It's just it, it gets a little uncomfortable to me that that it becomes that dominant in every every family's life. It really is hard. And then if you've got two or three kids who are on a team, how do you manage that? I mean, we we have some pretty big territories and some it'll take an hour to get to a game. I'm, I'm sure it takes an hour to get to your post office in California. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't. <laughs> I shouldn't be putting a time on it, but yeah, yeah, I mean, we, we have some games that kids are traveling pretty far and, you know, they still have to come home and do homework. It is, it is. That's a big juggle. And, you know, one of the moms in town a couple of years ago gave me a great piece of advice. I actually feed my kids dinner when they first get home from school. You know, my kids get out at 2.45, so we eat our family dinner together at like 3 o'clock because the kids are hungry anyway. And oh. then by the time they start their soccer practices at, you know, like 4, 5, and 6, respectively, in my house, yeah. um, they're at least not dying when they get home and I can't like I can't feed one at 3:30, one at 5 30 and one at 7 30 it just doesn't work so everybody sits down they shovel it in we get on our gear and we go to the three different fields yeah yeah and are they really far apart from each other like are you talking distances between these fields um, no not usually not too bad but I do feel uneasy leaving my little one at the park alone even though the coaches are there so I usually ask a parent to keep mm-hmm. an eye on him you know if he gets injured or hurt there's no one to run to um right. even just in a practice or a game so right. it does require a lot of juggling and I will say that asking the school district for assistance like having the the soccer bags like if the kids go home with their dad is another juggle you know we leave Mm -hmm. the soccer bags at the school under the front table and the kids can grab those on the way out because I mean it's just going between two households going between three fields it's a little bit much yeah yeah and that certainly is something to take into consideration because there are uh, a lot of people who are juggling different households so it's nice when a, a team coach or the school if it's if it's sanctioned by the school because there's a lot of uh, extracurricular teams who are uh, you know the community youth as opposed to the schools but uh, yeah it's it it's nice when they can cooperate and give the parents a little bit of a hand like that yeah because you know the it's easy to buy duplicates for a lot of things like you can buy duplicate soccer shoes shin guards soccer balls but you can't get a duplicate jersey and you know mm-hmm. that's the one thing you know it's like socks you can buy doubles um but getting that duplicate jersey is a big deal between especially as the kids get older with soccer you know because they can't play without you can always borrow a shin guard but you can't borrow a jersey and if the jersey's right. at my house in the laundry which it was <laughs> you know you're going hell-bent for leather across town to get them you know what they need and I think a yeah. lot of moms, you know with husbands on deployment or wives on deployment juggle uh-huh. like I do and then the you know with the divorce rate so high in the military I think they struggle a lot with dual households again like I do Mm, absolutely. And I think, too, it's harder when you're in a new location. If you've just gotten um, stationed at a at a new area, you don't always know the people in your area. You don't know your kids' friends' uh, parents. So, yeah, you really have to try and make it all work. It's so, it's so challenging. But the kids are having a great time. And um, as long as they're enjoying their teams and enjoying their sports, that's wonderful. It is. It is. Well, and, you know, speaking of enjoying kids, I had uh, for the last month a family that was on deployment and the mom got injured coming en route back to Los Angeles here. And I had her son. uh, She had to have surgery in Australia and was there for three weeks. And the dad had to report back to the Air Force base here. So I had this little boy who had uh, who has ADHD and some other issues. And it was very interesting to me not only to juggle my own kids, but another kid and then to have these issues like got firsthand knowledge, which is great because our guest today is Dr. Kevin Hull, and he's going to be talking about things that we can do. And thank God I had read his book from a segment we did last year, so I had some idea of, you know, things I could do. But um, I'm really excited to share that with our listeners today. I am too, and especially where sometimes schools, like you say, this young man is not in this school uh, on a regular basis. This is sort of on a temporary basis. 
basis. That makes it difficult because all of his IEPs or his his uh, whatever your uh, individual education plan is in your whatever they're called in your district, um, those might not be at this particular school. Absolutely. Well, you know, he he came from Okinawa, so he was in Mm -hmm. a DOD school in Japan and then, you know, came here and we got a new principal and, you know, the first week of school is always hectic anyway. And, of course, you know, I wanted to staple his insurance card to his head. I'm like, just please don't get injured. on two different insurance policies another kid on the military insurance and you know i was just going like please don't anybody hit a soccer ball into each other just play judiciously it was really funny (laughs) tell them to duck always duck that's all there is Oh, I'm looking forward to chatting with Dr. Hall as well because we've had him before and listeners will remember him. Uh, I'm so excited to have him on with us today. And then we want people to tune in later on this afternoon because, uh, or stay tuned, I should say, because we'll have Jeff Worthington join us. He's of the Worthington Foundation and he's launching a challenge, a contest to uh, teen filmmakers, uh, aspiring filmmakers called the iHistory World War II Video Contest. So you'll certainly want to stay tuned for that. We're we're, uh, really looking forward to that. That is really cool. We've had him on, you know, in years past. They do that neat program where they have uh, high school students interview World War II veterans and get that footage over to the Library of Congress. I mean, which is pretty cool. I think so, too. And it's definitely uh, something that young people are, once they've gone through this experience, have totally embraced it and have come away with feelings and uh, understanding that they never would have gotten from a textbook, never would have appreciated uh, the, the words in the same way as when you're sitting with this person and hearing firsthand what these what these veterans have to share. So we'll, I'm anxious to chat with Jeff and hear all of that that's happened. But in the meantime, we're going to welcome Dr. Kevin Hull. Um, and uh, again, he is uh, a clinical counselor. He's the founder of Hull Associates, a private practice specialing and working with children, adolescents, and families. He today is going to talk to us a little bit more about ADD and ADHD, as well as autism and the benefits of play therapy. Who doesn't like to play? And if it's going to have a dual purpose, why not, right? <laughs> well, I would give it an even bigger purpose because I employed a lot of these techniques with my kids um, who don't have those specific issues, but they work in a divorce. Course, they work for a lot of reasons. We all deserve them. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Join us every Monday at 10 a.m. Central for the Johnny Roland News, Guns, and Motorsports Radio Show. With commentary about current events, guns, shooting, and firearms issues, automotive and motorsports features, and special music presentations. Johnny is recognized as an international firearms authority and ballistic engineer, as well as an accomplished and widely recognized automotive designer and longtime TV and radio host. This program draws on Johnny's experience in shooting, motorsports, and as a professional entertainer musician. Don't miss Johnny Roland News, Guns, and Motorsports. Infotainment at its best. Trust us on this one. It's a fun show. Every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Toginet Radio Network. What does success mean to you? Money? Power? Fame? Having everything money can buy? Does it mean having a job or career that you love? A great family life? Or simply to be happy? If you're still searching for answers, then join us each Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern for Primetime Success Radio, where Alan Skidmore and his special guests will discuss health, finances, 
relationships, being in business, and how you can have a life that is not only successful, but a life of meaning. Alan has been studying success principles for over 25 years through reading, attending seminars, interviewing successful people, and a daily lesson from the School of Hard Knocks. And now he wants to share that information with you. So join Alan Skidmore on Primetime Success Radio every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Rockstar Radio Network, as he takes you on a journey of finding the heart of your success. We'll put a boot in your ass, it's the American way. Help us out, put your name at the top of his list, and a statue of liberty started shaking. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we are welcoming uh, Dr. Kevin Hull to our show today. Dr. Kevin Hull is an expert on uh, working with children uh, with respect to ADHD, ADD, autism, some other uh, different challenges that our kids uh, face, and he has written a couple great books, and he has a book that has come out recently for the general public, like written for somebody like me, because Rob, when I read his first book, I I didn't understand it. I'm just not, you know, that it's written by a doctor for other doctors. So, <laughs> but um, he's with us today and he's going to talk to us about some of the things that we can do because, you know, some of our bases, Rob, are so remote. People are oh, yeah. stretched to gills as it is, and they may or may not be able to go and get, you know, traditional therapies that are available in some other parts of the country or other parts of the world. I know we were limited with certain mm-hmm. things um, on our international basis. So it was really exciting for me to bring him on today to bring some of these things that can really help our military families that have children um, that suffer from some of these challenges. So I'd like to welcome Dr. Kevin Hull. Well, thank you very much, Sandra. So it's good to have you back, and you have a new book out yeah. since we talked last. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that book? Well, um, the there's the first book that I wrote was Play Therapy and Asperger's Syndrome that you already mentioned, um, and then Bridge Building was the second book that dealt with helping parents of kids on the autism spectrum, um, kids and adolescents, helping them build stronger relationships and go deeper than just the simple manager model that many parents feel like they are uh, when they parent their kids on the spectrum. Um, They simply feel like, you know, I can't have a relationship with them. I'm just driving them here, getting them dressed, getting them to school, et cetera, and I'm passionate about helping parents build deeper connections. Um, the book that I just finished that's not out yet, but uh, it's group therapy. Um, it's more of a specialized uh, book for my field, but how to help young people, adolescents and adults um, on the autism spectrum deal with emotional issues, deal with transitional issues between elementary school, middle school, high school, and then preparing them for life in the real world where they can find their place and shine. So I've been busy writing. Hmm. You know, and Kev, it's so important that you talk about these things because, you know, having a kid in my house uh, for a month with, with you know, who's on the spectrum, what I noticed was, you're right, it's it's like it's hard to bond with them because they don't, you don't have that eye contact, you don't have a lot of that connection that you have with a kid that's not on the spectrum. And then when he went to school, interacting with the other kids, that whole component seems to be like missing, which makes it hard for the kids to interact with each other. Is that pretty typical? Uh, Very typical. One of the hallmark traits of autism is that um, inability to see things from another person's perspective and build a relationship 
uh, build a connection. You will often see kids on the spectrum engage in solitary play where they're playing, but they're doing their own thing. And so that does create barriers, and it baffles parents because they're used to, especially if they already have a neurotypical child, they're used to that natural pulling us into the play. And what I'm passionate about is to help parents see how they can engage and join in with the child, even though it's not uh, typical play, it is still play. So, yes. Kevin, I'm kind of curious when you say you have some of these group sessions that you do with uh, a lot of these children, do you ever, and you refer to them as neurotypical children, do you have a, a mixed group at times so that these neurotypical children are a little more used to um, engaging with a child who might be on the spectrum or the group? Yes, I have um, some groups where uh, the children, there might be two or three who are actually diagnosed uh, with either Asperger's or on the autism spectrum somewhere, and mm -hmm. then there are children who are neurotypical, and the idea is that, you know, they work off each other, and in that group setting, which is warm, accepting, safe, um, that the children on the spectrum then can become comfortable in a group setting and grow and be able to, rather than every time they encounter a group situation, which often produces fear for them, that they just, because they remember what they did in their therapy group, that they mm. join right in and, um, and that they know the ropes. You know, we forget that for a lot of us, Things just occurred naturally when we started playing with other kids and mm -hmm. joining groups. And um, But even, even with a neurotypical person, we still had to learn the ropes. And, you know, you, you learned not to run in church or, you know, you, you learned how to behave at a wedding. Um, and so there's learning for all of us in social settings and in group settings, but it just takes longer for the kids on the spectrum, but it's not impossible. Well, and Kevin, would you say too, like, you know, I read your book and I read a lot of your stuff. Um, would you say that not only does this affect uh, children on the spectrum, you know, you talk about these neurotypical versus, you know, spectrum kids. I saw a lot of the same behaviors happen when my kids were under chronic stress from a divorce and a death of a grandparent. It seemed to be a lot yeah. of the same. It's not the same probably physiological reasons, but you got the same results. Yes, very much so, because any time a child is under stress, um, any time that they are uh, going through a difficult transition, <clears throat> they naturally uh, tend to withdraw or regress back to earlier stages of uh, behavior. So that's where play is so powerful, because play is really about the wiring in the brain. When... When we play, any, it doesn't matter how old you are, you are creating a safe place in the brain, and the brain is responding to the relaxed sensation of the body. It's responding to um, the creativity and all of those things. And so the longer that a child stays in that, that space, the longer their brain gets accustomed to, hey, this feels good. I like being... Um, in the setting that I'm in, and when we're safe, when we feel safe, and when we feel relaxed, that's where we grow and learn and connect with others. Hmm. Wow. I was like making the analogy to like being a workaholic. Like there were times in my life and other people where you're go, 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 and you forget about vacation, you forget about play. And what you just said to right. me resonates not only with kids, yeah. you know, but like with deployment parents who are running a hundred miles an hour to try to juggle everything while their spouse is on deployment. And what you just said was not only vital, I think, for the kid, but also for the whole family dynamic to get together and play as a connective force and a rejuvenating force for adult and child alike, like the power of play. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, 
it's neat to see uh, parents who, you know, all of us are products of our culture and society, and it is very neat to see uh, parents who <clears throat> learn to slow themselves down and engage in play. And because when we're building connection with our kids, we're actually helping our health as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to say something that's going to make me probably wildly unpopular, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. When I see <laughs> okay, kids on the spectrum, they remind me of parents who can't put their cell phone down because there's like that disconnect. You know, you've got these parents yeah. at soccer with their cell phone on and their mind is elsewhere, you know, and I see the same behaviors with some of my spectrum kid friends, you know, and we can draw them back through play, but the parents also have to put their cell phones down because it's kind of the same situation. Yes, that's exactly true. Yeah, it's it's funny, you know, I have a colleague who says, you know, we all have a little bit of um, autism in us um, with the various odd things that we do and, you know, what makes us feel safe. Um, So, in fact, there's a commercial I saw watching football yesterday, and it's about the superstitions of fans. And it says it's only weird if it doesn't work. You know, and I thought, <laughs> that's funny because here's, here's these football fans, you know, rubbing each other's heads and doing a chant and, you know, hoping that their guy makes the field goal. And yet people will look at someone on the spectrum and think it's odd that they have to count, you know, to five before they can walk through a doorway. And like Dr. Seuss says, you know, we, we're really all weird when it comes down to it. And um, I always try to help parents feel better about their children by, you know, letting them know that there is no normal. And what we want for our kids is that they can function to the best possible ability and be as independent as possible. And as long as you're giving the child um, opportunities for their own individual expression, it may not be the traditional expression, but you're giving them the opportunity to express things in their own way. I I would assume that their potential is just as strong as, uh, and we don't want to say any, a a regular child, because every child is a regular child, their their own way. I'm very strong on every child being their own person and not necessarily fitting into the cookie cutter of of uh, of society i i love the thought that every child is going to develop into their own unique self today we're talking with dr kevin hull we're going to take a quick break um have a few more commercials and we're going to have dr hull return with us he's the author of numerous books including um some uh computer and video games is play therapy well that must be interesting for a lot of people and yeah. play <laughs> play therapy and Asperger's syndrome helping children and adolescents connect grow and heal through the art of play lots to talk about with Dr. Hull when we come back and if you've missed the first segment you'll want to join us uh, any at any time at uh, Military Mom Talk Radio and we always are on iTunes um, and on the on the other side of the break Dr. Hull we're going to talk a little bit more about play therapy and um, I'm hoping that we'll have some resources for our military families to find more support and treatment for their children Um, when we come back. That sounds great. Thanks so much. And we will be back in a moment on Military Mom Talk Radio. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Homeschooling? Half questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. 
After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. It's not just time for a change, is it? It's much bigger than that. Can you feel it? It's time for a transformation. Will you now imagine that you can and will transform your life? Will you suspend your disbelief and imagine that all things are not just possible, but probable? Imagine that you will meet guides, mentors, and trusted friends who believe in you, hold your hand as they point the way, and teach you to trust your own wisdom. The first of these friends is spiritual girlfriend Gail Carruthers. Gail will show you how to believe. Believe your perfect divine wisdom will reveal your worthiness. Believe that knowing your power will open your boundless courage. Courage to live consciously, fearlessly, and joyfully. And then know, know all these things are already here and waiting for you to bring them into your divine life. She is here to help you discover, believe, and know. So join Gail, your spiritual girlfriend, every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo! Radio Network. We'll put a boot in your ass. It's the American way. Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list and a statue of liberty started shaking. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on Toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and our guest today is Dr. Kevin Hull, and we are talking about the importance of play, not only for children on the spectrum, but for children in general, and for adults that seem to be glued to their cell phones, especially at soccer, which I noticed this weekend, talk about disconnect. Um, (laughs) Kevin (laughs) shared with us a little bit about the importance of play and how play uh, gives us a safe place in our brains it gives us a place to relax and rejuvenate and be creative and refresh and I will be the first one to say that in times in my life where I have foregone weekends vacations going to a movie with friends because I'm so stressed out that was exactly what I should have been doing um, oh, yeah and I had to learn that the hard way I don't think I learned that till 40 years old um, so I'm really excited Rob yeah, for... I think a lot of a lot of us have to learn that <laughs> <laughs> I think so too yeah I like the entire United States um, and maybe globally I don't know but um, I would like to ask Kevin for some concrete examples of play um, with our children, you know, that we can connect. Because one of the things, Kevin, that I do notice, you know, I've got some friends whose kids have been diagnosed on the spectrum, and then there are some kids that are like on the bubble, and they're not presenting fully enough to be there. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's... Kids are kids, and so if your play therapy can help in a divorce, in a spectrum situation, in a stress situation, I say we go for it and give parents these tools. Absolutely. That is, that is very true. Excellent, excellent. Um, one thing that I tell parents is, you know, look for your child's specified interests, um, especially for parents who didn't really play much as children. Um, that's one of that's a big problem that I run into. You know, we just assume everybody knows how to play. Well, that's not true. Mm. And so, um, but every kid kind of has something they're drawn to, even kids on the spectrum. I have a little boy that I work with who his specified interest is ceiling fans. 
which sounds odd, but, you mm-hmm. know, one of the things that um, his relatives will do is make up games or make up stories that relate to ceiling fans. Um, I mean, think of SpongeBob SquarePants. The guy that invented SpongeBob SquarePants dreamed him up. And, you know, that is so odd on one hand, but yet yeah. SpongeBob yeah. is universal. And so with an imagination, you can use literally anything that your kid really loves and make it into a story, make it into a game. So that's where I encourage parents to start, Um, especially with kids on the spectrum who, you know, like we said, they don't typically play like other kids or they may not want to join in in a sport, but there's something that they're passionate about. Um, and something that they really, really love. And so um, that, is, that is one thing that, that I encourage parents to start off with. Um, so mother well, and Dr. Hall, before we go on to, that, oh, to the ahead. next point, I just want to interject here. That's a tough call for some parents, especially parents who, like, you know, I see some of these sports moms and dads who, you know, they're all about go, 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 soccer is our thing. And if you got a kid that soccer yeah. is not his thing or football is not his thing and he likes ceiling fans or, like, in my case, he likes, you know, trains, <laughs> you've got to adjust as a parent, which is what I'm hearing you say. It's not about the kid adjusting to the family dynamic or the kid adjusting to what we do as a family. It's about the parent adjusting to the what the kid's interests are and meeting there. Is that what I'm hearing? Exactly. Yes. Yep, that is exactly right. Um, some other easy tools that are really great um, are um, art, um, like sculpting, um, drawing, things like that. Kids are naturally drawn to those activities, um, and that can be a great way um, to just sit with your child, get to know them. Um, and many parents notice when we um, create a safe place and actually make ourselves available to our children, we get to enter their world, and kids will start talking. They'll tell you stories. They'll just babble about things that they like. Um, it's a really neat phenomenon. The problem is, like we said, we don't do enough work to put down our phones, close our computers, and just be completely available. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I tell parents to shoot for You know, you don't have to create a whole day at an amusement park. Just 15 to 30 minutes a night is all it takes. And I know our families are very busy, especially single parents, but so shoot for three nights a week, you know. It doesn't have to be um, a big bunch of time. Uh, So arts and crafts is a good one. Um, Another one that I teach parents to use is uh, Lego, which if you have a boy <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. or a girl, but most most boys are bonkers for Legos. Well, Legos has the little minifigures. Um, they the minifigures are the, um, the the minifigures are the little characters that come with the Lego, right? Um, and those and those are those are able to be. Um, used in a lot of different settings and scenarios. For instance, um, you can choose a character and let your child choose a character, and you can pretend you're going to school or you can pretend you're at an outing, and you can get pretend play going through those little Lego minifigures. They're a very powerful um, tool. Um, Another thing is video games. Um, A lot of moms, because, you know, moms are the ones who who tend to bring the kids in for counseling, and I'll say, you know, what does your child like to do? And, oh, he's nuts about video games, and I don't know a thing about him, so I can't play with him. And I say, well, Mm -hmm. not so fast, you know. (laughs) Maybe you're not as adept at using video games or at playing them, 
but you can research the story. You can sit and watch them play. You can ask questions. And you can let your child teach you Perfect. about the game. And that is very, very important. When our children are placed in the position of teaching us, a lot of cool things happen. One is they gain a great sense of self-worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing is we build relationship together and trust. And they get to uh, teach us something that, that makes them feel good. Uh, we forget that a lot of kids is today, because of how society has changed, um, they often feel, you know, like adults just push them aside. Um, and with the technology boom, I mean, you know, you've seen kids with a cell phone. They, they automatically know what to do. And so a great way to use technology, especially for those moms out there or dads out there who feel like they're out of the loop, let your child teach you. And a last thing I want to say about video games, computer games, there are some great ones um, that actually can be used for social skills. Um, one of those games is The Sims. Uh, the Sims is a game in which you pick a character and you can go through life. It's sort of like playing the game of life. You go to school, you get a job, you can marry someone, uh, you can have a family. Um, that is a great tool for kids, especially around the adolescent age, um, to just help them see how the world functions and interacting socially. Um, for younger kids, the Lego video game series, uh, Lego Indiana Jones, Lego Batman, uh, Lego Star Wars, those are great because they have a two-player uh, option in which you play together. And it gives the parent a really neat in as a way to join the child in the play. So, Well, and all I, I do, uh, uh, Dr. Hull, is... We play those same video games in our house, and I agree with you because you told us to do that last year in my household. And um, when we play those Indiana Jones games, all that ever happens, I run after my son. And he <laughs> thinks it's the greatest thing in the world. And he's, you know, poking diamonds and open up the crystal skull. You know, he's got the Batman on the rope, and he's like, Mom, Mom, come on, hit hit F, hit F. Well, you know what? I can hit F. And it, it doesn't really <laughs> matter whether you win or lose. And I'm going to throw in another game right. that is a lot of fun is Minecraft. It's like Legos for kids. And I got a Minecraft yeah. account so I could play with my kids. And for any mother out there, there's like a slash H where you can go and hug your kid and what I like to do is get my Minecraft character to lumber around I can't do anything but I go up to my son and his friends and I say give me a hug and they think I'm the bomb I don't have to know how to play this game but the fact that momcraft (laughs) yeah and and the overall theme there you know is just letting yourself be in the child's space and that's the theme whatever it is whatever interest the child has. It's us saying, hey, you're more important right now. My phone is somewhere. My computer is off. I'm yours for the next 30 minutes. What do you want to do? You know, and, um, and, and that's, that's the essence of it. And so, you know, for those parents out there who are, they know their child's struggling through something, don't ever underestimate the power of play and the power of relationship and connection in that you can be a healing, safe place for your child. And I'm a firm believer in that. That's so empowering. And I think, too, something that's tactile like that gives that uh, foundation or that platform for the conversation and and the uh, protected experience to begin. I think in a play situation, that's a protected environment because you do still have some control of the outcome and to test the outcome so that when all of a sudden life is in your face, (laughs) you can say, okay, I can consider this because I've played something like this and and maybe this would be a good choice dr hull thank you so much where can we find your books well they're on uh, amazon.com 
um, barnesandnoble.com. Um, and uh, my website is www.drkevinbhull.com. And I have a, a blog on there. Um, I have uh, my, my books are posted there. And um, I put a new blog up about every two weeks. And right now I'm writing a series just on back-to-school issues. Um, oh, that's bullying prevention, home, how to get a routine going. Um, a lot of parents feel like they're flying by the seat of their pants. Um, and that's so sure. the next few blog posts. <laughs> the next few blog posts are going to be related to um, just school-related stuff and, That's and great. helping our kids. Dr. School. Hall, thanks so much. We're going to have you back soon. Uh, that's Dr. Kevin Hall, H-U-L-L. Be back in a moment. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Friday afternoons at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. It's not just time for a change, is it? It's much bigger than that. Can you feel it? It's time for a transformation. Will you now imagine that you can and will transform your life? Will you suspend your disbelief and imagine that all things are not just possible, but probable? Imagine that you will meet guides, mentors, and trusted friends who believe in you, hold your hand as they point the way, and teach you to trust your own wisdom. The first of these friends is spiritual girlfriend Gail Carruthers. Gail will show you how to believe. Believe your perfect divine wisdom will reveal your worthiness. Believe that knowing your power will open your boundless courage. Courage to live consciously, fearlessly, and joyfully. And then know, know all these things are already here and waiting for you to bring them into your divine life. She is here to help you discover, believe, and know. So join Gail, your spiritual girlfriend, every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo! Radio Network. We'll put a boot in your ass. It's the American way. Hey, Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list and a statue of liberty started shaking. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on Toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Sandra Beck and we just had a nice long visit with Dr. Kevin Hull and he talked to us about some things that uh, adults and children can do together especially when the kids are suffering from stress or um, autism, Asperger's syndrome, sorry, and ADHD and ADD. Boy, that's a mouthful of A's. It sure is, yeah. 
But mm-hmm. I got to tell you, some of the things that Dr. Hull talked about, I have employed since he was on our show last year. And one of the things he talked about was joining your kid in creative Lego play. And mm. I really got into it and the kids would laugh at me, you know, because I'd make these crazy things because I, I just, I don't have motor control and I, I'm not creative that way. But one of the things that happened as a result was that this Christmas, when I put, I, I had this old manger that belonged to my mom. It's like, you know, 60 years old with like the chipped cow and the... Yep. Three yep, wise yep. men, you know, they're ceramic and, you know, the, the, the major two and a half leaves. wise men. <laughs> yeah, the two and a half wise men in the manger leaves that like scuzz all around from the roof. And, um, but when I woke up on Christmas morning, I kid you not, this is a true story. The Lego Sensei Wu from Ninjago was placed in the manger. And oh. when I asked my son what he was doing in there, he said he's watching over the baby Jesus. Oh. So. <laughs> You can have a lot of fun when you join your kids in play. And I will support Dr. Hull and what he's talking about with, you know, shutting off our cell phones, turning down the computer and giving your kids. He's only talking about 10 or 15 minutes a day, 30 if you can swing it. And we didn't have all this technology when we were growing up. So our parents had to pay attention to us. But now you actually have a choice. That's true. That's true. And I'll get to tell you, as an early ed teacher, boy, that was something that was real important in our household. So (laughs) we did a lot of play, a lot of uh, clay figures, a lot of guys that we would create out of whatever. So it was lots of fun. Sandra, I'm so excited. We have Jeff Worthington on the line with us right now. And uh, as you were saying earlier, we have had the opportunity to talk to Jeff before. And now we are launching a new video contest for teens, uh, young filmmakers to create iHistory World War II biographies or uh, with some veterans that may uh, be not with us much longer. So it's so important. Jeff, are you with us? Yes, I'm here. How are you doing? Wonderful. So glad to chat with you. Um, What neck of the world are you in right now? Well, right now I'm in Southern California in the uh, San Diego Fallbrook area. Oh, wow. So you, but you are always traveling. I love keeping track of you on Facebook because you never know what quadrant of the world you're going to post a picture from. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And in fact, I just finished having lunch with a couple of wonderful World War II veterans. Oh, wonderful. Now, tell us uh, about what you've got planned for this contest, because um, it's all well and good for us as adults to be talking and remembering our veterans and, and appreciating what uh, history has has held for us. But how do you engage teenagers to learn and experience this? Well, this contest is for high school students to go out and um, find a World War II veteran and interview them and um, then submit that interview to the Library of Congress so that it goes on permanent record in our National Archive out in Washington, D.C. And um, then the second phase of the contest is for high school students to edit that interview down to a three to five minute mini documentary and that's what they'll submit to our contest in between October 1st and November 20th um, of, of this year and I think it's, it's very important for us because we decided to use video because video is a technology that high school students have a very strong you know, understanding of in order to help them um, you know, be able to go out and capture these stories of World War II veterans. Mm, mm. I, now, do you give these students a little bit of a, a sort of a template, or do you give them some kind of reference as far as beginning their their journey with their veteran, or are you uh, leaving it completely up to them? Well, we are giving some basic um, some basic guidelines if they go to our website. Uh, which is heroes-ww2.org, um, they can register there. And once once they register on our website, then they can go through a step-by-step process that will help them to in contacting um, and interviewing a veteran and kind of help them through the process. We have sample questionnaires, you know, just kind of mm-hmm. generic questions to to help get them to help get them started. 
Hmm. I think that's important because so many times there are kids who are sort of willing to do the process, but they just don't know where to begin. And then you all of a sudden have this elder in your presence. And I think it's very easy for a younger person to become a little intimidated, a little nervous. So having the foundation and having the the framework sort of ahead of them uh, gives them that that ease, I would say, to begin the story. Yes, uh, absolutely. And then um, after the interview, we also provide, um, through our website, we provide the students with resources um, from music that has been donated to uh, some archival uh, World War II footage so that students have easy access in the tools to make their mini uh, three to five minute documentary. Now, what is the uh, goal of the contest? Of course, we want everybody to be a quote-unquote winner because they're obviously going to be contributing something very valuable to our future generations. But what are you? Uh, what are some of the incentives that these young people have to look forward to? Um, well, we are offering um, prizes to the top um, to the top five winners. And um, the grand prize um, is a Blackmagic cinema camera, which is just an amazing piece of technology. And I just guess. has beautiful, beautiful, you know, film-like qualities to it. And so we're offering that with a kit lens and some of the other items needed to operate the camera to the grand prize winner as well as the school that they come from. Uh, and so that uh, it's an, an incentive both for the students and for the for the administration to be able to promote this uh, these contests um, mm. to their students. And uh, but we also have some excellent um, second and third uh, prizes as well as prizes for best story and best editing. Mm. Now this is from uh, it's already begun. No, it hasn't already begun. It's August nineteenth that the uh, contest begins through November twentieth. And then when do they need to submit this? I assume that the this is the interview phase, or is that the complete? And they have to submit by November twentieth. Uh, they'll need to turn in everything by November twentieth. Um, okay, I see. Yeah, the, um, on August 19th, the students were able to start registering and were able to start doing the interviewing process. Mm-hmm. And then they can submit everything as early as October 1st if they're ready. Oh, wow. um, but we also allow them plenty of time up until November 20th to send their World War II interview to the Library of Congress by November 20th. And on the same day, they could also uh, submit their uh, their mini documentary to uh, to us via our website. Of course, we recommend doing it a little bit sooner. Technical difficulties and whatnot. Oh, sure, rendering, rendering. Exactly. <laughs> I cannot tell you. I was it. Um, my my, uh, my business is in freelance uh, video production, mm-hmm. and um, yes, uh, rendering is a very key element <laughs> to remember. I laugh about that. I've I've experienced. Uh, my husband and I both have uh, been a part of the forty eight hour film festival projects up in our area, and I've got to tell you that that last half hour when everybody's got to rush to the drop site, and there there's you can watch them on Facebook saying we're still rendering, we're still rendering. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I very well appreciate what all that's about. What format do these films uh, need to be in when they are submitted? Um, well, when they're submitted to the Library of Congress, um, on our website, I believe we have um, just a standard disc. Um, okay. you know, they, they do have, um, you know, I believe they take the standard uh, different media files, um, but students will have access to that uh, when they register. Uh, we have that right there. And, um, and then for us, it's, um, you know, for their mini documentary, we take any type of file that YouTube takes. Oh, perfect. That's perfect. So a very wide variety. We've only got about three minutes till the end, Jeff. And uh, before, I do definitely want to get that website back out there again. But once you've collected all of the mini documentaries, how will they be shared? Well, starting on um, January sixth, we will post um, we'll post all these mini documentaries online, and people will be able to go to our YouTube channel and be able to vote for their best one. And that will be the first part of the voting process. Oh, wow. And um, go ahead. 
Oh, I was just going to say, so this is definitely an audience kind of contribution, too. It's not just you making a decision. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, our hope is that, you know, even though it will start with just one student and one veteran, but we want, we hope that that influence uh, will will expand in order so that then uh, when these videos are posted, that one student will ask his classmates to go and vote. Hopefully the school will be interested in making a, mm-hmm. you know, a, a PA announcement and then social media. And so we're hoping for this kind of snowball effect. And how wonderful for these kids to be viewing all of these and appreciating all of the uh, the content that each one is going to have. I'm, I'm sure they're certainly going to want be partial to the one from their school, but nonetheless, they're still going to be reviewing some amazing things, some amazing people. Jeff, this is this is quite an inspiration, um, and I'm hoping that everybody is inspired by your model with this. Once again, give us that website so that everyone knows where to go. Yes, the website is heroes-ww2.org and this is really a great resource for for either homeschooling parents or uh, teachers across the country to connect high school students with the greatest generation. Absolutely. Jeff Worthington, thank you so much. And there's a lot more about Jeff on his website as well of the Worthington Foundation. And again, this is the iHistory World War II video contest. Thank you so much, Jeff. Safe travels and enjoy all that's ahead. This is going to be a very busy fall for you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Same to you and Sandra. <laughs> Take care. We have lots more coming up. This this is sort of the beginning of our year, too, because as we wind down 2013, we've got a lot of great guests coming up. And uh, as we launch 2014, another year of Military Mom Talk Radio is so exciting. We have lots of guests lined up, uh, lots in the in the can already. You'll find us on iTunes and lots more ahead. See you next week.